if you want to close out this year strong and start next year even stronger, then you may want to check out the Same Side Selling Academy six-week immersion program starting on October 10th. It's going to be limited to a small number of people, and it's hopefully a group that's going to be highly engaged, focused on same-side selling and how to grow your business. Just go to samesidesellingacademy.com to sign up. Hey, it's Ian Altman. Thanks for joining. And especially thanks for taking the time to post reviews and like us on iTunes and share this with your friends on Facebook and LinkedIn. Really makes a difference and it's flattering to see the community grow. This week, it's a solo episode and I'm answering viewer questions. Mark asked, well, what do I do when I go in to meet with a client and they just shut down? So that's the first question we're going to ask. The next thing I I have is from Chris. And Chris says that one of the things she faces is, look, I meet with a client. They're all excited. Everything seems great. And then they go dark. Like, I don't hear from them again. They won't return phone calls. It's a mess. The third one is from a man, Gary. And Gary says, hey, look, you know, I, I submit these proposals. And then we go back and forth with a client. What's your thought on proposals? And finally, we'll talk a little bit about the new pilot of the Same Side Selling Academy that's launching on October 10th. So first, Mark's question of what do I do when clients shut down? Well, when clients shut down, what it usually means is that we have triggered something that tells them they don't trust us. See, in one of our earlier episodes, I spoke with Mark Bowden. And Mark is one of the foremost authorities on the planet when it comes to nonverbal communication and body language. And one of the things that Mark taught us, and I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode, one of the things that Mark taught us is your client, and all of us as humans are constantly evaluating, is the person I'm speaking with and interacting with, are they an asset or are they a risk? Are they someone I need to be guarded against or are they someone who's on my side? And that's one of the foundational principles of same-side selling. And so those of you who are, who are all in on same-side selling already get this. But what we need to make sure we do is we need to disarm early in the process. And what I mean by that is we need to make it clear to our potential clients that we're not just there to sell something. We're only there to see if we can help them solve something important. So when our clients are shut down – We have to look inside ourselves and say, is there something I'm doing that makes me sound like the pushy salesperson? So stereotypically, what happens is we walk in and start giving a presentation about what we do. We may ask them a few questions about them and then, oh, let me jump into a demo. Let me jump into a presentation. Let me share with you our materials of why you should buy our stuff. And to disarm, what we want to do is start with something very simple. And my friend Phil Jones has a line in his book, Exactly What to Say, that says, look, it may not be for you, but... And that's one way of signaling that, look, I acknowledge that what I've got may not be for you, but here's how other people are using it. The other way we approach that is through the same side pitch. I think it's in chapter four of Same Side Selling, where we talk about entice, disarm, and discover. So first, we entice by sharing problems that we solve with dramatic or extraordinary results. Then we disarm the notion we're just there to sell something by acknowledging that not everyone is a fit for us. And then we trigger a discovery phase to learn more about their situation to see whether or not we can help. So it might sound something like this, and I'll I'll give you the contrast 
of the two. So one is, let's say somebody is selling a an IT service, some sort of technology service, and they walk in and say, well, you know, our, our service is great and our clients say great things about us. And here's why I believe we could really help you get better IT services than you're getting today. And that's all, that's all centered on you, the presenter. The alternative to that is thinking about what problems do, does this IT vendor solve? Well, the problem they might solve would be, look, people come to us because they don't know if their current IT provider is doing a good job or not a good job. They don't know if they're overspending. They're frustrated because they're losing billable time or they're losing business because their systems aren't working. Morale is suffering. So now if I take those problems that we solve, I can put those into the same side pitch and it sounds something like this. Hey, I'm happy to meet with you today. Our our clients typically come to us for one of two or three things. Either they have a situation where their IT people seem good. They're just not sure if they're overpaying. They're really getting everything they could. But, I mean, they seem like decent people. They just don't know, are they really positioning themselves for the future? The second level is that that people come to us is their systems are somewhat unreliable and they're losing a lot of billable time because they can't rely on their systems. And the third one is people who have morale issues because either their systems aren't working and it's frustrating their employees or their clients and employees are looking for kind of next-generation type solutions, and because they don't offer them, it costs them business. Now, for the right organizations, they tell us we deliver an amazing solution to address those, but the way we approach it isn't the right fit for everyone. I don't yet know if we can help you, but if solving that is important, I'm happy to learn more to see whether or not we can help. And that way, I'm now focused on here are the problems we solve, and if you have one of these, I'd love to learn more to see if we can help, not, oh, we're the greatest, you just haven't figured it out yet. So in answer to Mark's question, we want to make sure that we're focusing on that notion of disarming early in the process so we don't come across as somebody pushy. The second one on on Chris's question was, well, we had this great meeting, everything went fantastic, the clients seemed excited, they said, wow, we, we really look forward to working with you, and we leave. And then they don't return phone calls. They don't respond to email messages. It's like they've fallen off the face of the earth. Have you felt like that? Because I know this is one of the most common things I get is what happens when people go dark? What happens when they all of a sudden disappear and they're like off the grid? Well, what I want you to do is I want you to think about, let's say you were selling a treatment to a medical condition and you had a patient who you had diagnosed with a, a terminal illness. And I mean, it'd be catastrophic, just, just a horrible thing for someone to encounter. And they were also convinced that you had a cure for that that was 100% successful. Do you think those people would not return your phone call and would not return an email? See, the reason I give that example is you have to realize that when your client goes dark, What it usually means is that you are more passionate about solving the problem than they are. And the reason that happens is very simple. Either they believe that their issue really isn't impacting them that much, meaning their problem isn't that great. And you might think it is, but they don't think it is. Or they don't believe that you can deliver the best result for them or both. So anytime your client goes, goes silent on you, what you have to recognize is, 
Look, they went silent because they either don't think they have a problem worth solving. By the way, it could also mean they have a bigger problem somewhere else, and that's why they can't focus on it. But they either have a bigger problem that, that they need to solve ahead of this one, or they don't think it's that big of a problem, or they don't believe that you can actually deliver what they need or both. Now, in some cases, what happens is if you come in old school and you start presenting your stuff, when you follow up, you're following up for you, not for them. So we always have to go through that discovery process where we understand what their challenges are and what they can't get done. So it's very common when I'm speaking with potential clients for my business, it's very common for me to say, well, so what happens if you don't solve this? And what I'm seeking there is, I'm, it's not a leading question. I'm just trying to get to the truth. In some cases, people say, well, you know, if we don't solve it, I mean, we'll still be fine. I mean, we've been growing at a pretty good clip and, you know, our business will be okay, even if we're leaving some money on the table. And then I'll say, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily sound like this is something that's worth spending money on. What am I missing? And they either say, yeah, it's probably a good point, in which case I've saved them and I've saved myself a whole bunch of time. Or they say, you know, actually our issue is this, is that we have four offices and if, if we don't get this fixed, the one office will continue to do fine. In fact, one of our other offices may be fine, but the other two might not make it. And if they don't, that could hurt our brand in the other two offices. So now that we've got the other two offices, if we're not successful, it could really hamper our business. And then I might press them and say, so, so if that happened, I mean, could you even quantify that? Because I want them to acknowledge, look, this could cost us millions of dollars, which means whatever they're investing to solve it isn't that great. So remember, when somebody goes dark, we need to make sure that we're looking at, do, do we have a mutual understanding of the impact of their organization of not solving whatever issue we discussed? And do we both believe that we can deliver the results they need? Because if we believe it and they don't, it doesn't count. And ironically, if the client believes it and you don't, then you will probably undervalue your solution. Now, the last one was my man, Gary, who was asking about proposals. And he said, well, so what do I do with, with my proposals? Because oftentimes I get it and then the client kind of goes dark. Well, there's something we teach in Same Side Selling called the Concise Business Case which is a summary of the same side quadrants. So remember, the same side quadrants is this method of taking notes. If you, if you search same side quadrants on Google, you'll get a bunch of information about it. You can visit ianaltman.com. There's episodes I've done about the same side quadrants. Just if you, if you do a search on ianaltman.com, you get all this, and we'll link it up in the show notes as well. The idea is that Within the quadrants, we're capturing the background of the, of the issue they're facing and how it's impacting their organization and why it's important. We're capturing information about the results. And the concise business case summarizes all that. And the reason we call it a concise business case is it's just that. It is a turnkey concise business case that provides the business justification for whatever it is that you are offering. It defines the next steps. It lays out clearly what our plan is together. And if I provide that, and as part of that, I include, here's the investment of what you're going to invest to get the results you're looking for, then understand that that email is, in effect, your proposal. When the client says, yeah, this sounds great, the next thing you send them is an agreement. You don't need to put it into a proposal because that's kind of old school. Because in old school, listen, the way I'd communicate with somebody is after I met with them, I would summarize everything in a document that I handed them called a proposal. Well, the concise business case does that same thing. 
Otherwise, what I'm doing is I'm saying, here's the cost. It's a proposal, but it's not an agreement yet. And the client says, oh, now I have an opportunity to negotiate better terms between now and the agreement. And then you send the agreement and you, you title it draft agreement. They say, oh, draft agreement. That means we can change more things in it. Well, you should always be doing things that are of good value to your client and to you. So you don't need to go back and forth. In fact, I would argue that, look, you offer what you think it's worth. And if the client doesn't, then you don't have a good fit. So you don't need to go back and forth with horse trading. Instead, here's the concise business case. If you're in agreement with that, I will take that exact content and put it in the form of an agreement. In fact, some people might argue, look, you could just go straight for the agreement. But one of the keys to the concise business case is that you're also soliciting input from them about what maybe you got wrong and where you need to make adjustments. And that way you have a dialogue. So I would argue you go from the concise business case to an agreement and you can skip the proposals. By the way, all the people writing proposals out there are jumping for joy right now because they realize that it usually isn't helping the process. It's just extra work for them. The last thing I want to talk about is we're launching this pilot of the Same Side Selling Academy on October 10th. And when I say pilot, what I mean is this, is that once we go live with the Same Side Selling Academy, it's a program that will be a membership site with a ton of content on a regular basis, and it will be a membership um, program that'll be $100 a month. During this six-week period, it's free because we don't want people to pay for stuff until we've worked out the kinks. So for six weeks, we're going to provide a full schedule of things that can help you move the needle on your business. We're going to get feedback from you as to what's missing and what you like so that we do more of what you like. We include the things that are missing. And if there are things that you don't like, we might strip those out. And that way we can hone the program get you geared up for the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, and then we'll launch the full program in January of 2018 um, as a full membership site. So I encourage you to go to samesidesellingacademy.com and register there because it doesn't cost you anything and would love to have you in the community and get your input on how we can best serve our audience. So let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key things that I want you to take away and apply to your business based on these questions from Mark, Chris, and Gary. So first, when clients shut down, recognize that we have to disarm. They shut down, and it means that we have to disarm. When they go silent and they don't reply, what we have to recognize is that they either don't have a mutual understanding with us about the impact or the results, or both, which means we need to circle back and make sure that in every interaction, we understand and they understand the impact of not solving this as well as the results. And by the way, it's that simple question of, so what happens if you don't solve it that unlocks the key to impact? And then on proposals, just stop doing them. The concise business case provides an alternative to the proposal that is more effective and builds confidence with the client and candidly doesn't seem salesy. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you think I should have on, if there's a topic you want me to cover, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Thanks again for posting your reviews on Amazon for Same Side Selling and on iTunes for this podcast. It's just really exciting to see the membership grow. Our audience is really just the most important thing. And so thank you for joining us. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.